It's time for Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair in West Reading. Got a question about your vehicle? Give us a call at 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459. So let's get started with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Here's Tom and Ashley. Good evening and welcome. Thank you for joining us for Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley. This is Ashley. And Tom. On uh, 8.30 a.m. WEU and... 11.60 WBYN. Thanks for helping Lehigh out there, Thorpe. Thomas. That's right. So it's a gorgeous, gorgeous day. Yeah. And I love that we came in here tonight and it was the sun was still, like it was still bright out. Yeah, only till, uh, what was it? Sunday. 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 Daylight savings yeah. time changes. Yeah. yeah. So it is a pretty fantastic day. And then we did but see a... you got to remember, March, there is always a good chance that, you know, it's going to snow here. Well... <sighs> It, we've had a lot of big snowstorms in March. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think the snow lovers are gonna see any of that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I personally could. I'm fine with March fine. being a, a a not icy month. Well, this winter has been pretty awesome. Yeah, I, been, I, I, I enjoyed it. Pretty it, was, it wasn't really muddy or anything. No, like it, that. no, it, it wasn't. It kept raining. It did rain, but yeah, it definitely wasn't muddy because yay, spring, yeah. time for the mud. Yeah. And the flowers are coming up already. <laughs> yeah, our little, you know. all the, the, um. We redid a garden out in front of the house and yeah. all the bulbs are coming up already. Yeah, I don't know why you keep saying we because I did that. I helped. A little bit. I helped. Tiny little bit. Yeah, I helped. Anyway. So we did see an interesting car coming across the bridge. Yeah. And I've seen it previously and I just always forget to look it up and it's the Fisker Karma. It's karma. Karma. I researched it a yeah. little bit because they dropped the Fisker off the front of it when they re- oh. we went and rebranded. Okay. But I had never seen one of these, and I've been seeing it for a couple weeks now. Yeah. And I'm like, what is it? Because it kind of has a BMW-looking front. Front, yeah, with like it, the kidney grill. Yeah, but it's not the same shape as the BMWs. And I'm like, that is not a BMW, no. and the labeling on the back is kind of It co- totally wants different. to fool you, though, because you're like, is that a... No, it's not a BMW. And it's really sleek looking. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So you looked it up, and we did a little bit of research on it. And it's, is it electric, or is it a uh, hybrid? It is. I believe it's electric. There's not a whole lot of information on them. Okay. And it's, it's one of these car companies that very much says uh this is the way we make it and this is the way you're going to buy it and, <laughs> and it's very this is the expensive. way you're going to like it <laughs> yep you're going to like it this way you can pick the color i think you could pick the wheels and you could pick what color you wanted the brake calipers yellow and that was it yellow or red uh multiple colors oh they had like, they had like 10 colors you could pick oh but, but they're yeah. all brembos right they're all uh, brembo yeah, yeah. expensive Expe- <laughs> equals yeah. expensive yeah expensive when they're when they're on cars like that, they're always expensive. Yeah. So yeah, it it's like a it's a called a luxury hybrid sedan, um, but it didn't see a motor size or anything in here, so there's not a whole lot of information on it. But, but it's like a two door, right? Uh, the they I think they have a two door, and I think I saw a four door. Okay, I think the one we saw was a two door. Yeah. So they're they're pretty neat, pretty looking. crazy looking. Yeah, they're crazy looking. Yeah. They make you do a double take. Yeah, you go, definitely what? makes what? what definitely what makes you do a thing? double take. 
Yeah. So pretty neat. Yeah. Pretty neat stuff. Yeah. So we are taking your calls tonight. We are live. You can give us a buzz, 610-374-8800. We can talk about anything you'd like. We're just going to talk about a little bit of this, a little bit of that tonight. Um, 888-401-0459. You can give us a buzz uh, on our the toll-free number. And uh, any questions, any information, any kind of things you might want to have random car questions about, we can always discuss, see if we can stump Tom. It's always it's always a stump Tom everybody, radio hour. Yeah, everybody Tom, likes to do that. Tommy trivia. That's right. So, but um, so I was going through um, the auto, <laughs> automotive um, uh, website, not it's uh, MSN Autos, and there was a really really funny um, article that yeah. was talking about if you honk your horn um, at drivers. There's a uh, there's a traffic light. There's a there's a traffic so, light. They put a microphone on. Hold on a second. So this is in India, and yep. we all know that in India and like places like India, Vietnam, um, they there's a lot of traffic, and they use traffic. There's traffic lights that are used there, but apparently drivers in India love to honk their horns, no matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. So if they're still sitting still, a light and the light is red, the pe- drivers honk their horn. So just they just want to make noise. Yeah. Lord knows. I mean, I've been to Mumbai, India, and it is incredibly congested. Yeah. So it's a very interesting city. But so they're sitting at the at the light and they honk their horn. So mm-hmm. the um there's the police got had a really great idea that if they put a uh microphone at the um the light and someone beeps their horn it makes the light prolong red yep keeps it red <laughs> keeps longer keeps it red longer and the funny part of the article it was uh the, they actually had a name for the um for what they were what they were doing and it was um let's see i'm looking it up as i'm talking here but it's yeah, they were calling it, um, it for... Um, okay, signs near the intersection with a system that note that honking will delay the changing light. They read, honk more, wait more. <laughs> I thought that's that right. was fantastic. Well, I, and I said to Ashley, I said, if you really want to make everybody mad, what what you can do, I said, if, if you're a pedestrian and you're walking... If you have one of those air horns, An I air said, horn. you could really make everybody mad when you're waiting at that light. <laughs> You know, you're hurrying through, and you're like, "I'm not gonna make it." Like, you gotta, you pull your air horn out, <laughs> and it'll keep it red, keep it so red you can so make you it through the intersection. Across the intersection, that's right. Love it. We do have a call coming in. Um, uh, David in Kenhurst has a question about emergency brake systems. Hi, David. Hello. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. So uh, I've been noticing recently the modern cars. I would say anything from say 15 on have these braking systems that have electric parking brakes mm-hmm. instead of a, a lever or a foot pedal. Mm-hmm. So so what's the advantage of having that versus, uh, say, a, a physical cha- uh, cable where, like, if you were in an emergency situation that you would actually could use that to stop the vehicle? Mm-hmm. Does the... Electronic, the electric parking brake, does that work in the same fashion? I'll leave that to Allah. Send that over to Tom. It actually does. Um, What I think the reason they're moving to the um, electric park brake is because of the move away. They're moving away from actual 
levers for gear shifts in that. And I think it's it's steps towards um, driverless vehicles. So a lot of these cars, the newer cars nowadays, actually don't have any cables or anything hooked up to the transmission. It's all done with electrical solenoids inside the transmission. So when you turn a knob or you push a button in there, it's kind of like way back Chrysler had something like that in the 50s. They had the push-button automatic transmissions. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same premise. But what they found was with a lot of these these newer transmissions, they need a way to be able to stop the car from moving if someone leaves it in gear and gets out of it. Oh. So So is it like it goes through a computer then, and then it kind of senses what's going on? It does. It does. Um, where we find out, uh, where we find out in the shop that they have these electric park brakes, is when we pull a car on the alignment rack, we usually open the door a little bit to kind of look out and make sure we're not going to drive off the side of the the alignment rack. And when you open the door and you start to go forward, it, the car will all of a sudden put the emergency brake on, and it just comes to a dead stop. Hmm. They and- work really well. Um, what it actually does is they're part of the rear calipers and it has a little screw in there that turns the piston and pushes the brake pads really tight. So it just uses the, uses the brake pads. It doesn't have a whole separate set of, okay. Like the older ones did. Yep. Just uses the brake pads. Interesting. So there's no, there's no, there's no separate brake, uh, hard seat brake or or, uh, parking brake. No. Shoe like some of the discs. Nope, no extra shoes or anything. Um, like it, some of the cars uh, years ago, they had the parking brake integrated into the caliper like that, and they were like act, they were actuated by cable. Um, they got rid of that cable setup on on those type that had the parking brake inside the caliper, and basically put an electric motor on there that did the exact same thing as you pull in the lever. So. All right, let me ask another question. So mm-hmm. if I would, if you would, like, say, in a regular cable-driven car that has a cable parking mm-hmm. brake, and if your cable wasn't taut enough, you would actually could actually drive with the parking brake on. Mm-hmm. So would this system take you out of the parking brake if you want to release it manually? Meaning, mean, I see what he's saying. The electric, with the electric. So one. would it, would, electric. because it's, because it's an electric park brake, would it even allow you to put it in drive and try to drive with the brake on? Um, it will. Oh, it will? It will. Okay, oh. I didn't think it would. It'll, it'll come up. A lot of them have warnings on the dash. A lot of the cars that have the electric park brakes have electronic dashboards and it'll come up and say that it put the parking brake on and to turn the parking brake off when you put it in gear. Like it's like a larger, like kind of like a message box, so they're they're pretty big. They they usually come up and will tell you right away. They'll tell you to take the parking brake off when you put it in gear. So it does it does alert the driver then. Yes. But it's, but you're still able to put it in drive because it's two separate. It's not it's not programmed that it would no. say no. It it only knows that if it's in drive. And you open the door, it's going to put the park brake on. Okay, so that's the only safe, if you will. It won't turn it off automatically. You're going to actually have to push the button 
that will turn it off automatically. That will turn it off. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. the exact same thing. That's an excellent question because I. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and some of those you need a scan tool to turn the calipers back, and some you can do some different button pushes and stuff, and the caliper will turn back on its own. Because if you try to do brakes on one of those cars with the tool that forces the caliper back, it will ruin the caliper, and oh. the park brake won't work correctly. So you actually have to have to either use a scan tool or um, there's usually some type of way that you can hit a couple buttons and it will it'll retract the caliper on its own. So we're not a reason to bring my car to a certified mechanic if I have that type of brake system on. Yeah. Yeah. DIY. No, yeah, not not necessarily the most well, DIY and, friendly. Yeah, and and some are some some car companies have a DIY that you know if you do I forget what they are because we have we have the scan tools that we hook them up, but I know some of them have like you can push this button for so many seconds and then turn the key on and off and it'll do it, but I don't know which ones. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks. Thank yeah, you, David. Thank that was you, a wonderful David. question. Yeah, thank good. you so much. Yeah. Thank All you. All right. We're gonna take a really quick break. Six ten three seven four eight eight zero zero. Give us a buzz and we can answer any questions. We'll see you soon. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thank you for joining us. This is Ashley and Tom for Hello. Idle Talk. Yeah, and and uh, I was saying to Ashley, you know, during the uh, break there, I said David brought up a good, had a really good question there about the park brakes. I said, mm-hmm. but a lot of these new cars will do automatic braking on their own. Which is, when you said that to me, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of them have some type of new, uh, a lot of the newer cars have, um, they, they'll they have cameras, like Subaru has cameras, mm-hmm. and they actually, oh gosh, to remember how many pictures a second those cameras take, it, it's crazy. But they can actually, the cameras, they call them stereo cameras, and they take two pictures and it's on either side of the mirror, and it matches the the stuff up that's moving in front of the car. And with that, the computer can take those pictures and figure out if something's going to come up in traffic, like from the side, or if somebody's stopping because it's measuring the distance through the cameras. Kind of like your eyesight can, like your actual eyes can see depth. Yeah, you, you can it's calculate the, same, the depth. It's the same thing, but they're and, doing it with cameras And on that's the why car. there has to be two of them, so mm-hmm. they can actually see the actual depth, because if you're... if. If you have depth perception issues, it's because your one eye isn't working correctly or something like that. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So they use that. And then with the new electronic brakes, they can actually actuate the brakes and bring the car to a stop. How is that different from like the LiDAR that we were talking about before? Well, that's a little different. So a couple different manufacturers are doing it different ways. Of course. Yeah. Because they have to be like Burger King doing it their way. That's right. Everybody has to have it their own way. That's right. There's no standardization in this yet. Yeah. You know, back in the back in the eighties, the the government said with cars, there has to be a standardization here. Mm -hmm. You know, because everybody was doing their own thing, and they're like, you know, we need the standardization, and that's when the OBD two port came along, where everybody had a standard set of codes. They had to have a car 
a standard set of codes they had to abide by in cars right. with communication networks and everything like that. So possibly in the future, yeah, they, they may decide question. that this is the way you're now going to go and and do self-driving cars. Yeah. So LIDAR stands is a light-based radar. Okay. So it's really, really good in, like, short ranges, like driving and traffic and that. Okay. But as with light, it doesn't move through fog very well. Right. We did talk about that yeah, previously. we talked about that previously. Because the, the, dro- the water it droplets is, make it yep, reflect it, differently. Exactly. So it doesn't come back correctly. So they need, like, a sonar-based one, which will put out a sonar noise. Ping. A ping. And it will actually come back. So, and they can measure distance that way and the amount of time it takes for that ping to come back. So, it will see a car stop or slow down in front of you. And in Subaru's case, they put a warning up first. You know, they put a warning up on the dashboard. It Mm -hmm. comes up real big Mm -hmm. with a warning. Mm -hmm. If you don't react, then the car stops. Okay. Is, um, for those, those, systems can you actually turn them off i'm not really sure i know some aspects of them you can and some you can't i wonder why i wonder just kind of wondering aloud and not necessarily knowing the answer i wonder why the they would or wouldn't allow them to be off in terms of like safety or something along those lines well it it's not a required it's not required by the government yet yeah like some of the stuff is required they have um the a lot of the backup cameras that are now coming in cars that's actually required because years ago when they started making the car backs of the cars higher you couldn't see out the back yeah you like you can't see behind the car through the rear view mirror anymore yeah the like the prius that we have as a loaner exactly it has a backup camera because the it's hard to see out the, the back slope, window yeah the slope of the um of the back and then there's a a break where like the spoiler is, and then there's mm-hmm. another, so you can't another really window. See, yeah, there's another window, so you can't really see that well. So yeah, you're missing a whole section behind you, right? So you know if somebody happens to be behind you and they're in that block section, you won't be able to see them. So backup cameras actually are, I believe, now standard equipment on all car- on all on all cars. Isn't that like, they crazy have how have that? How that evolves yeah. like that. Yeah, because you can't see behind you. Right. So the government said, if you can't see out the back, you need to have a camera. Yeah. And I just love that, well, you you put um, a backup camera in your pickup. Yes. Which is fantastic because now I can actually parallel park that thing. Yeah. Because I know oh, where yeah. everything is. Oh, yeah. I parallel park that thing into a spot in the city. Was, I'm like, ee, and like, whoop, whoop, in. I was so excited when I put that in. You're like, why are you putting a backup camera in this? And I'm like, it is going to make driving this truck that much easier yeah and then you drove it and you're like oh that's 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 awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it's really nice and it's in the you had to change out the um the rear view the rear view mirror because Mm -hmm. it pops up in the rear view mirror because obviously it's an older truck it doesn't have a screen or anything so the next next logical place to put a screen but it makes it really nice to see behind you in a parking lot or anything like that and some of these cars now too they have radar sensors, like if you pull into a, a parking space, there's a radar sensor that's actually looking down the aisles of uh, of wherever you park, 
and it's actually picking cars up that are coming towards you. So it'll warn you if there's a car coming towards you not to back up. Wow. So that's pretty and cool. It'll 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 see the people, it'll see the cars, it'll see all all the stuff. So it makes it safe safer to walk through a parking lot and not have to worry about getting hit by somebody backing up. Well, you know, that's the crazy thing because I was walking through a parking lot one time and there was a lady in a Prius that was started to back up. I didn't see the white the white lights of the backup and and it wasn't in it was just in battery power and I leapt out I mean I jumped out of the way because she started to back up and then you know I'm like I didn't I didn't realize yeah. as a pedestrian that the car was backing up because there's no backup yeah, there's no quiet. backup outside. There's a backup <laughs> alarm yeah. in the Prius. Yes, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, but it makes like, lots of noise. It makes when inside. You, yeah, when you put it in reverse, it makes lots of noise inside the car, but not yeah, outside. But not for the pedestrian. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was really that was a really strange experience for me because you're so used to hearing, you know, a car, a motor. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you're like, oh, I hear a motor running. Oh, the the yellow, yeah, the white watch. lights. You know, yeah. they're backing up. So. Yeah, it makes you go, oh, that car's running. Okay, I should watch. Yeah, exactly. But when it's a quiet battery-powered car and it doesn't make any noise, you know, like, it starts backing up, it scares you. You're like, well, I really thought that the we went to um, SCCA uh, rally this weekend yes. and there's a Tesla running. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it, well, crazy. Hold on. SCCA rally cross. Rally cross. So it's off-road racing. Yeah. So it was it was actually up in the Hamburg area. And, um, one of, uh, there's a person up there that donated probably about a 20 acre field for these people to go up and race in. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really interesting to watch. Um, one of our friends is really into this. Yeah. So we went up and we're like, Hey, he's going to be close by. Let's go take a visit. So we were watching all manner of cars run around. All sorts of fantastic vehicles. And, and they set up like these, this crazy course through this field but as Ashley said, there was a Tesla. It was so quiet. All you heard was like the stones hitting the underneath of the car. Like, it's yeah. just like, you're like, is that? And you could hear the dirt flying. And the, off and the, the tires. dirt flying. And that was like, that was it. And it was just doing its thing. It was having a good old time. So, but yeah, it was, it was really, really interesting to see neat. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a, an older five series BMW. Mm-hmm. There was two Sobs, which mm-hmm. I thought was hysterical, mm-hmm. and an older BMW, like a older three yeah. series BMW that I thought was very cool. Yeah, most people aren't using nice cars to do this. No, they're using pretty but, worn out cars. But there was a 350Z that was ripping it up. Uh, yeah, that yeah. B- rear bumper kept flack, mm-hmm. flap, 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 flap. Yeah, he, he, ripped, he ripped a lot of stuff <laughs> off doing that. And and on the Tesla, I I. Uh, and, yeah, the Tesla had a bunch of duct tape duct on it tape. too. Duct well, tape. Yeah, I, actually, probably Gorilla tape. It looked like. Yeah, because it was it was <laughs> black and heavy duty, and I got I, I had a lot of respect for that guy to take his Tesla. It was the it was the SUV. I don't remember. Well, no, no, it was a it was a Model Three. A Model Three. Uh, a Model Three. So I it was the little one. Much appreciate him taking that out and ripping it around that course in uh-huh. the dirt because the dirt. people are like, "Oh, why don't you bring your Fiesta out?" And I'm like, "No, no." No, no, not going to no. happen. Do you know how long it would take to get all that dirt out from underneath the Fiesta? No, not going to happen. Not going to so. happen. Anyway, we're going to take a really quick break. Give us a call, 610-374-8800 or 888-401-0459, and we'll be right back. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. 
And welcome back to Idle Talk on 830 AM, WEU and 1160, WBYN. That's right, Smarty Pants. Yeah. So anyway, in our discovery today, I came across another article, too. Mm-hmm. It was the top 15 vehicles that would make it over 200,000 miles. And I have to say that there are a couple cars on here that we owned or have owned. Or still own. Or still own. And there's a couple on there that were kind of like, huh? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them, and they're pretty ragged if they go over 200,000 miles. Well, And then there's others that you're like, yeah, yeah, they're... Definitely. Well, it says only average of 1% of cars built every year make it past 200,000 miles from IC cars. They analyzed 15.8 million vehicles to come up with these rankings. Which which isn't the whole fleet across the U.S. No. But it's a pretty good sample. I mean, how many cars do you think we have that are over 200,000? I mean, there's a pretty good handful. I would say probably a dozen cars that we see. Oh, we probably own six of them. No, do we have anything? We don't own anything right now. That your yeah, your truck, your truck, truck is over two hundred. My truck, um, my, the one the one four runner is mine. Du- rusty, no, no, Dusty. Oh, Dusty's over. Yeah, Dusty's two hundred fifty thousand. He's a silver. He but notice yeah, I call him a he, and he's silver, so that's why he's Dusty. Yeah, we'll get into why why we have two of these four runners at some time, but eventually, it's not. That's not for today. That's not for today. But we have Rusty, which is my my forerunner, and he's at a hundred, like a hundred ninety six thousand. Yeah. So he's getting there. Yep. He'll make it over two hundred. Yep. Tommy's. I, I'm not allowed to sell that though because Tommy says it's quote horrible underneath. Yeah. So, I wouldn't feel good selling it to yeah, anybody. I just have to but, keep on driving that sucker but, until something falls off of it. But a forerunner is on the list. Yes, it is, and I am pretty proud of myself. They're they're claiming like three point nine percent of forerunners sold. Make it over two hundred thousand, and and we almost have two of them. And they're actually good to go for about three hundred thousand. They're they're on the list to go over three hundred thousand. Where's that list? That's not here. Obviously, because I'm list. only looking at the two hundred thousand list. Right. Well, number fifteen was a Lincoln Navigator, and I must say that I I I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. They they're pretty ragged. Usually I mean, when they get it, I now I will say we have its, I will say its cousin, uh, the Ford Expedition, which is also on the list, which we have a fleet we take care of mm-hmm. that they have no problem getting them over 200,000 miles. Most of their vehicles could to yes. get over the 200,000 miles. Yes, they have their, uh, but those vehicles are very well taken care of also. And there's a lot of, for most of those vehicles, there's a lot of like long distance, like long haul drive. Yep. They do a lot of highway. Yeah. Miles. Yeah. And we have another construction company that does a lot of long haul stuff that mm-hmm. we have cover the trucks that are over um, 200. Yeah. But the, I mean, I, I, I get that because a lot of these, some of these, some of these are, are larger vehicles that are pretty expensive. So exactly. people want to take care of them a little bit longer, like Chevy Suburban, um, mm-hmm. the Yukon Expedition, a Tahoe and the GMC, another Yukon, um, well, the Yukon XL and then the Yukon. Um, so it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to pay a lot of money for a big, big old family truckster, yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't want to be buying that again. No. I mean, we we're looking through this list and I'm going to say 
there's nothing under $35,000 on here. No. And I'm going to say most of the list is probably over $50,000 for a lot of these. I would say probably yes, aside from the Avalon or the Tacoma. And the Forerunner. And the Forerunner. And probably your Odyssey. Yeah. Your Honda Odyssey. And you which know, is the Honda Odyssey was the only... Oh, no, the Ridgeline's on here, too. But the Odyssey is the it's the only minivan that's on this. Yeah, it's Which the is only, kind of surprising. Yeah, because usually the minivans... They just get run all over the place because yeah. they're taking kids here I mean, and kids there. And, and we actually have a couple of those over 200,000 miles, too. Do we? Yeah. Oh. We have a couple of, We have a couple minivans. Okay. You know, they're not... I mean, they're well-worn. You, They're nothing that you would trade in and get anything for no. if you... You know, but we get to a certain point, you just like keep driving still it. A, yeah, and they're still in great, they're still in good shape. Mm-hmm. They get you A to B, no, reliably. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no reason to get rid of them. I think my favorite low mileage old vehicle that comes in is the Plymouth Voyager. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yes, yes. I don't. I, know I, your... I think there's only maybe a hundred thousand miles on that, and it's a like a it's a first gen or second 80, gen, eighty seven or eighty eight. Then it's a first gen. Yeah. First generation, first generation Dodge uh, Plymouth uh, mm-hmm. minivan, which we're going to talk about also a little bit later. But um, I do really appreciate. So the number one on this is the Toyota Sequoia. So nine point two percent. You missed one. The one right below it. Well, no. Number one is the Sequoia. Number two is the Land Cruiser. Yeah, but fifteen percent of those. Why is it like? Why is it? I don't know like why that? they did that. I don't know why they did that on the list. But if you look, they're not in order. But I will say this: they don't sell as many Toyota Land Cruisers well, as they do Toyota Sequoias. Right, and they not necessarily the Land Cruisers aren't necessarily sold a lot in the United States. They're they sold, sold overseas, right? A lot. And like the um, the uh, I forget the name of the um, the Blue Hats. Um, it's a I'm having a complete brain fart. But anyway, they sell anyway. a lot of those for, uh, it's an international. Yeah, they sell a lot of land cruisers everywhere else. Everywhere but, else but, but here. here. Yeah. So, But they're very capable, very off-road, and very luxury car. Yeah. And um, they're another one of those that this is the price you can pick the color right. type of vehicle. <laughs> yeah, there's and, like very few options. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, pretty much the only option is the color. The color, yeah. So um, the smaller version of it, the Toyota Sequoia, they sell a lot more of those. Yeah. So there's a lot more of those on the road, but um, 9.2% of them that are sold are still on the road. And when you start looking around, you really see that these things really last and hold together. Mm-hmm. You know, usually rust ends up being a problem for them. I'm just looking at the list here. In terms of how many, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Toyotas. Eight. That's over half the list. On a list of 15. Yep. That's some pretty crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but that really has a lot to do with... Um, it really has a lot to do with maintenance and people just paying really close attention to what's going on with the vehicle itself and mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, believing in the maintenance schedule and doing a little bit over and above the maintenance schedule, keeping it clean, washing the undercarriage, all that kind yep. of fun stuff. So uh, we do have a call coming in. Hello, Brian. Yes. Hi. How you doing? Hi. What's your question? Um, I have a... O three Trailblazer. Are you hearing any good or bad about those? Just keep. I just bought it like three months ago. Okay, how many miles do you have on it? Uh, eighty six thousand. Oh, that's pretty low mileage. 
bought it. Yeah, for sure. And and what do you think of it so far? Well, I think the last people that had it didn't take care of it. Did well, or did not? Okay. Okay. Getting it back to where it is. But my biggest problem is the floor on the driver's side gets wet when it rains. Does it have a sunroof? Nope, it does not have a sunroof. Mm-hmm. And it looks, the door seals and everything look good. Hmm. I'm just not sure where the water's coming from. I'll leave that up. I'm going to leave that so, to Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so I would have to uh, take a guess. Hey, Brian, could you turn your uh, radio down just a bit? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. It's just <laughs> echoing. It's echoing. All right. All right. Now we're good. Anyway, if I were to make a guess, it's either going to be coming in around the windshield or if it has a roof rack is another spot where they come, where it'll come in. Um if they had a, if they had something on the roof rack and might have bumped it at one time or something that tugged on it, um, we see that kind of pull up like where they attached it. So sometimes you end up having to take the roof rack off, reseal it, and put it back down again, like put sealing in and put it back down again. But um, the other the other spot they usually leak is around the windshields, like. It'll have a replacement windshield that wasn't set in quite right. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was replaced or not. Another thing I've been told is somewhere down the pillar on that side, there's a place where it's sealed, and sometimes that uh, erodes away over time, but I don't see where that seal would be. Yeah, like we've seen, um, you're talking like the filler around like the, the gas the gas filler there? No, the, the pillar. Oh, the, the pillar. pillar. Like pillar. The, a, the A pillar. pillar. Okay, yeah, around the pillar. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, so around the pillar would probably be like something with the windshield usually. Or if you're looking at the B pillar, which is behind the, the uh, at the back of the driver's door, I would have to say if it's wet down there, there's maybe even in an accident. And mm-hmm. where they welded it together, it could be coming in at a seam. Mm-hmm. It's right at my feet, though. Right at your feet? Okay, it's probably, and, yeah. And it's not coming in from, our, like, the brake pedal. That's all dry. It's like it's running down the, the side of the door. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the seals look good. The hinge pins are good. So it seems like the door closes solid. You can always get so, the with the windshield reset. Well, I would I would start off with this is what this is what we do when we diagnose and kind of like test for this stuff is we actually get a garden hose out and just start putting it in certain areas until we start seeing the water build up. So we'll hold right. it in an area for like a couple minutes and then we'll check to see if the water's coming in, like where we see the traces and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, and and that's usually how we find them. Um, we've had stuff where body shops uh, worked on it and didn't put plugs back in, and it actually came in like um, up behind the fender. Yeah, we've I remember that had, one. Yeah, we've yeah. actually had like fenders off to be able to find the uh, the leaks on them. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's my biggest issue right now. Other than that, I really like it. Good. 
That's, that's good. That's great. I don't want to board the run, you know. So I yeah. Find it. Yeah. yeah. All right, Brian, we have to take a break. Thank you for the call. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, we'll be right back. And now let's get back to Tom and Ashley with Idle Talk from King's Auto Repair. Hello and welcome back to Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley. Hello. And we're talking about just this and that, fun things. Um, give us a call, 6103748800. We can take one or two more calls before our next break. But uh, So we were talking about vehicles that make it to 200,000 miles or more. Um, it is always my goal in any vehicle that I drive to make it over 200,000 miles. I mean, I had a 96 Dodge Avenger that was 262,000 miles, and that was like one of my crowning vehicle achievements. Yes. I can't say that you hadn't, you haven't taken it, you didn't take it apart and put it back together multiple times, but. Yeah, that one got multiple head gaskets over the years. Yeah. Those, those were known for bad, uh, cylinder head gaskets. Yeah. And you leaking, did. leaking oil out all over the place. And yeah. You did valve lifters to it and yeah, that kind of stuff. I did a lot of stuff. To yeah. It. I think I put two on that. Yeah. Two or, two or three. I think I had one done. Yeah. I yeah. just, I just love that car. So I just yeah. drove the wheels it off would, of that it thing. It would just start. Oil would just start coming out everywhere. Yeah. And you, you would know. say, I need to put, need to do head gas. Like, what? I, yep. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, do, whatever again. you need to do. How long yeah. do you need it? You know? So yeah. that was one of my, one of my favorite cars, yeah, my crowning one, achievements. Yep. Yeah, 262. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I had to, I donated it to, uh, cause it wasn't worth anything. And I donated it to, uh, I think make yeah, a wish. Yeah. yeah. Charity. Yeah. They, Which is a great way to get rid of a car that's not really yeah. worth anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, another, I'm going to bring up since you said about getting rid of cars, you know, um, I've actually, I do some work with Reading Muhlenberg Votech. Mm -hmm. I'm on the advisory council over there. And if anybody out there is looking to get rid of an old car and I say old car, but they're really looking for like 2005 and newer the students over there would really like to have a, a newer car to work on mm-hmm. you know, like all the stuff over there is older than 2005 okay. and there's a lot of newer technology that they that came out that they're trying to teach the students but they don't have it right and they don't have the so, res- they don't necessarily have the resources to go out and buy a yeah. car that they're going to take apart yeah so you know they're always looking for stuff that is in disrepair mm-hmm. or somebody doesn't want to fix anymore mm-hmm. or anything like that but like a little bit newer. So, and you don't want to have the kids learning on somebody's car that they're driving down the road. No. Because they're going to take it apart. They're going to break stuff. They're going to put it back together. Try to put it back together. Try to, yeah, try to put it back together. Yeah. And, you know, if you have that going down the road, it gets a little worrisome. It's not good. You know, yeah. So, but, but, but yeah, I mean, they, the kids need to learn somehow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't, in, in our field, you don't learn unless you, uh, you, you do it. Do it, yeah. Definitely a lot of OJT, on-the-job training. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but so anyway, that's a great way to get rid of a car. Um, if you don't want to junk it or if you don't want to, you know, or you don't know, you don't have a resource to, you know, a junk hauler to get rid of it, uh, donating it to uh, Make-A-Wish or any charitable foundation because all they do is sell it to like the highest bidder at, at, at an auction who may scrap it or, you know, part it out or whatever the case is. So, and it's nice because you get like a $500 tax deduction on your tax credit on your, uh, on your taxes. So it's, a, it's a nice thing to do and just get rid of an easy way to get rid of a car. Um, but speaking of cars that are going are by going the wayside, yeah. 
the Dodge Caravan yeah. is ending. The original family hauler. Well, I wouldn't say original. Well, it is kind of the original. I mean, Lee Iacocca, oh. he, that was like, what? You had your station wagons. Yeah, but this was... Those were your original family trucks. Yeah, and I still... I have a soft spot in my heart for station wagons. I don't know why I love them so much, but I because love... Because they're cool. I love all station wagons, and I saw oh, countries... Now I'm, winding, now I'm winding up. <laughs> I'm pointing. I saw... <laughs> I'm being pointed at now. I saw a country squire today on my run yeah. this afternoon. I was, the big white, big white one with the wood paneling. Oh, mm-hmm. I saw a blue one the other day with the wood grain. Oh, it's fantastic! Yes. Straight out of the eighties. But the white, the white one with the wood paneling is the is the mm-hmm. iconic Ford yeah. Country Squire. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, before the minivan, there was a station wagon. Yeah, and you know, you can't drive the same car as your parents. I don't want to drive the same car as my parents. Well, that's why they <laughs> lifted it up and they made it a little bit higher that you could fit more volume in it. And yeah. They, they put sliding doors on it. Yeah, that was revolutionary. Doors. Yes. They put the sliding doors on it. I mean, that was like <laughs> mind yeah. blown sliding and, door. And then you could haul lots of kids. Yeah. Or people. Or just or stuff. Things. Yeah. But Dodge actually had, it was, they had the stow and go technology, which was really great. Because you didn't have to haul the seats all the way out. Yes. You just move some, they flip some things a, around. Yeah, they, and they fit in the floor. Yeah, and it was it was great. So you didn't have to worry about taking the seats out, making sure they're going back in the right way. They mm-hmm. just yeah. flipped them around. Flipped them right down into the floor. So that was like that was really revolutionary yeah. technology. With technology, so, if you want to call it technology. Well, they weren't so revolutionary other than they made a big box back in the 80s. You know, they, they put that giant box on basically a K car mm-hmm. and they were uh, a K car wasn't really made to haul seven people and gear. Have <laughs> you ever seen a sagging so, K car? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were great. They revolutionized it and everybody got into that mm-hmm. market, you know, when they started making these, mm-hmm. you know, because they were new, they were different and you could fit a lot of stuff in them. So everybody started making these minivans, the mm-hmm. front-wheel drive. They drove more like a car than a big van did. Right. Right? So, and and they were just all around a lot easier to drive for families. Yeah, and to get in and out of, too, especially yeah. in the driver's seat. Well, the, um, my old piano teacher down the street had one. She bought one relatively new, and that sucker was a stick shift. Yeah. And it was just the stick coming out of the floor, you know, like four on the floor. And I thought, man, that's crazy to have a minivan that's yeah. a stick shift, but because that would be completely unheard of now. Exactly. It's completely unheard of to see a stick shift car now. Well, yeah. It's pretty that's, much gone away. That's a whole nother, like, whole aspect other, yeah, of... That's a whole yeah. other conversation right there. Yeah. So, but we have to take one more break. Um, we'll be right back after these messages, and we'll see you soon. We're back with more Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley from King's Auto Repair. And we're back. Thank you for joining us. This is Idle Talk with Tom and Ashley. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so a little, a little fun today. Um, I, I posted a video. We were doing a promotional video uh, that you may or may not see across Facebook if you, uh, if you use Facebook. But uh, the Facebook, yeah, the Facebook. Um, but 
Ashley was videoing and I was talking and I was just trying to get in a in a mood where limber was, up. Yeah, I was like trying to limber up. So, you know, I was standing there and I'm I was shaking my arms and I said, oh, I'll cut this out. And I watched it again and I thought, this is pretty funny. So I was just trying to actually put it up on our, our King's Auto Repair Facebook page um, because one of our technicians, Casey, actually shared it out. And he goes, this is funny. He goes, this is why I enjoy working here. He goes, because these guys are awesome. That's right. A-W-E. Oh. Yeah, exactly. So, so me. Yeah. So, right. you know, having a little bit of fun, trying to do a, and our promotional video that we're going to do mm-hmm. has to do with our... Uh, our promotion going on for the next two months through Napa, which is, um, they call it ride control and steering. And Ashley, I said that to (laughs) Ashley and she goes, what is ride control and steering? (laughs) I I said, exactly. (laughs) I said it. How do you describe that? Yeah. I said, that's a terrible, terrible thing to call it. I said, I, I said, I don't even know what it is. I said, because they just give us like a whole bunch of labels of like prefixes of the parts, and, yeah. and we got to figure out what like, it is. What it is? Yeah. But I mean, it, it's a really good. It's a very nice yeah, promotion. It's a nice promotion. We could, we should tell everybody yeah. if you spend two hundred fifty dollars or more on like wheel bearings, shocks, springs, uh, like universal contr- joints, universal joints, control arms, tie rods, um, uh, control con- arms. Yeah, control arms, ball joints. Any of any of that type of stuff, like under car moving components, you get a seventy five yeah. dollar gift card direct yep. sent directly to you. But the cool thing about what we do is we do all the paperwork for exactly. you. Exactly. So I can't tell you how many times I've got, hey, I'm getting a rebate, and I forget yeah. to fill everything out, and then I look at it, I'm like, oh, I missed the window, exactly, and I don't get the rebate. So we do all that legwork yep. for you, and just a $75, I think it's that a is, Visa gift card, yep. just shows up in the mail, and it's just a generic yep. card. You don't have to use it with us or anything exactly. else. You can just use it to take your family out for dinner, do whatever. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. It's yeah. a really nice promotion. Yeah, because some, some of them are, like, this one was slightly confusing on, you know, what does it cover? Yeah. So it's like, uh, <laughs> so, I said, so we went digging through our, our parts bin and I'm like, okay, so it's on this stuff. Yeah. You know, so we were doing this goofy little promotional video. So, yeah. um, you might see it across Facebook. We'll, we'll see yeah. Maybe, at least some still shots because there's some pretty good shots of Ashley holding the parts <laughs> and one and like, like trying uh, to be like, uh, I don't remember what, what, what this is. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, uh, uh, Look, it's a control arm. You can or, be a left or a right, or a and, greater than, less than. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Man, I than, crack myself up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so we were having some fun doing that, and I cut a couple pieces out, and I put them up on my my own personal page, and I yeah. said, I'm gonna I'm gonna share them over onto our our regular page because it is kind of funny. It's kind of silly. Know, yeah, just have being silly and like having a good having a good time. Yeah. Because you know. Uh, Life is way too serious to not have fun. Honestly, not to laugh about stuff. Exactly, but you know, you gotta you gotta break it up. You have to have a little bit of fun. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to laugh at yourself. Absolutely, because you know, I I laugh at myself all the time and the mistakes I make. Yeah, well, I make fun of you a lot too. Exactly. So that's kind of well, you make fun of me a lot too. Yeah. So what are we gonna talk about next week, Thomas? 
Oh my goodness. We didn't even get through the things that we had on our list today. No, so not at and we all. say I think we say that every time like we didn't even get through our entire list. Yeah, and then we don't bring the same stuff back <laughs> next week. We <laughs> do it all new again. Try all over again the next week. But there I wanted to talk about um uh Cadillac is making a diesel. Yes, they're actually going to which I think is do fantastic. a diesel Escalade, which they've never done, but no. there's a company out there that actually will make them for you. Really? Yes. They'll put a diesel in what? Yeah, in a in a in a Cadillac. They nice. will put a diesel engine in a Cadillac. Nice. Talk about longevity and comfort. Exactly. I mean you could drive across country in one of those things. I got I I stopped and filled up three times. We're good. You know? Yeah. yeah. Not maybe more more yeah, than that. Maybe but more than that. Yeah. But, but yeah, somebody somebody started doing this a couple years back and now GM took notice and they thought, well, since if they can do it, well, if they're doing it, we're missing out. We should absolutely. Be build, we should be building these things. So. I don't know why. I mean, this, see, that's the thing about diesel. Like, if in in like England and Europe, you can get diesel in just about everything. Yeah. I mean, you could get a diesel Focus. Yeah. And I don't know if well, you still can. Well, they're starting to go more electric now. Oh yeah. So, so then there was the microbus. The new microbus is, is their VW is talking about making a, another a, 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 a van. New, a new van. Yeah, which is adorable. And everybody's getting out of the game. Yeah, but then um, so they're thinking that's going to be semi-electric, and then we're going to talk about recalls. So I think we could probably come back and talk about a little bit of that yeah. stuff next yeah. next week. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, maybe touch on some technology yeah. and stuff like that. Especially recalls, because everyone's like, I don't know if I have a recall yeah. on my car. It's like, well, there's different yeah. ways different yep. ways of finding that yeah, out. Yeah, we can tell you how to do that, how to find out the different Definitely. recalls on your car. Yeah. Well, that is our show for tonight. Thank you so much. Have a lovely, lovely weekend. And thank you for listening. All right. Have a good night. See ya.